nervous? <laughs> no. Where's your answer? Dennis Beckham, let the ball out! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Dennis Beckham! Oh! oh no! Oh yes! He missed it! Every value I've ever held has been questioned, and I'm loving it. I used to think that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, but then I just saw that. And now I'm going to have to rethink my order of what I think is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Welcome to the Suffering From Joy podcast. We're here to discuss Violette 3, Austin FC 0. Uh, with me today are Brad Tillery, who you can follow on Twitter at AU underscore Trout, and Seth, who knows everything. Uh, how are we feeling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, same here. Same here. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the only joy we heard tonight was the 25 minutes of Violette band, which put in more effort than our guys did. Oh man, that was I put more effort into the uh, intro editions in this podcast than anybody playing in that game in an Austin shirt did. I will say, man, Violet's band had a jam that I was completely digging, and I wish they had gone for a full ninety as opposed to like the occasional play. I'm but, totally uh, on board to uh, sponsor people so we get Haitian Murga here. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. Um. It started as sort of like a sad, lonely, okay, this is not, you know, a huge full stadium. Then it was like, oh, you're actually talking about Austin FC's performance. Hmm. Okay, well, um, where do we want to start? All right, so everybody's going to jump on Wolf for the lineup. I know that. You're not going to get that out of me. Because, listen, there isn't a single player on Violette who makes our 20, our, our roster, a supplemental spot, anything of that nature. I would tell you there might be one or two who make FCTO if they got a tryout. You know, FCTO being Austin FC2. Sorry, y'all. This is a roster, and if you look up and down of who started tonight, Lima, Jafal, uh, Tarek, uh, Jimenez, and I can keep going down the list, uh, Diego, Diego, guys who have many 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 mls starts under their belt they should have handled this club easily this is i i, I don't i don't want to hear anything about well we didn't play our best roster we shouldn't have had to this was a roster that should have on their on an off night one minimum two nothing but it was arguably one of the laziest performances i have seen if not the laziest performance i've seen austin fc play the entire existence of the team i think somewhere in like the seventh minute i made a note that diego looks like he absolutely doesn't want to be here and i kind of quit taking notes after that seth what do you think yeah i mean we, we look at this match number one we're going into Concacaf champions league there is going to be Concacafing. honestly the Concacafing was relatively light it was just us not showing up for the match yeah like, it was that was it there like yeah i understand it's a four-hour flight you guys probably don't really want to play this match at a certain point here and but you got it that's what's on the schedule here and there's and like this was their super bowl out here like they were coming out here they had been preparing for this match for months and months and months and they they had us there they they you know what? With Apple TV, they watch those matches. They, I mean, they weren't quite running a St. Louis level um, New York Red Bulls press, but they saw what had worked against us. And we hadn't, we didn't bother to, didn't look like we bothered to scout them. It didn't look like we bothered to do much of anything. And their, um, what you call it, their striker was a complete matchup problem. Even, I mean, I think Leo probably could have stopped him, but I'm not sure Alex Ring stops those first two goals there. I mean, those were, I mean, he, he was, I mean, 
that was a difficult matchup for us. It's a difficult matchup, but also the center back in Tarek has to at least go challenge for the ball. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You can't give him just a free run at the at the head inside the six yard box twice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't know if this guy just buries headers left and right if they're contested, but free headers, yeah, like great. Put it right under the bar. Did it twice. Um, nobody really even near him. I guess there's sort of like a cursory run, but um, I don't. To me, it's an effort thing. Is there anything else you guys saw? I I thought the whole game was effort. I, I thought Jafal was the only player who acquitted himself decently tonight. Um, actually, and I know people are going to laugh at me for this. I, I, he wasn't great as usual, but at least Redis ran and tried. And he actually put in a really good cross in the first half. That I was going to say, know, he had our best yeah. chance in the first half. Yeah, I, I I didn't think he was, but he was by far not our worst player on the pitch. Um, I just I didn't mind Diego playing the ten like we had him in there because he's played that role for most of his career. These are guy Finley was on the field. That's a guy who should have been more active, but we just. We weren't attacking passes. We had passes that we were just waiting to come to us, and Violette would step up and take it from us. Um, Violette did a great job of clogging the lanes uh, on in the attack for us, giving us really nowhere to go. And once they did that, we kind of shut down and just seemingly had no interest in being creative to try to make offensive plays. It, it oh, was well. lazy. It was lazy, lazy, lazy is the word I just keep coming back to tonight. Yeah, it was, oh, well, there's this minor obstruction in my way. I guess I won't even try. It was like watching Eeyore play. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, it was, I mean, that was, I mean, I'm trying to think back on the little over two seasons of Austin FC we've seen. And maybe at San Jose in October 2021 was worse than that. But, I mean, there was just, that was lifeless. Lifeless all around. Uh, the only other one, Seth, I can maybe think of was the second Houston away match that we lost. Well, there was only in, there was only one. That, that was that was only there was only one Houston away match. That uh, okay, season. sorry. Yeah, uh, we were at home. We beat Houston twice at home. But as we go through that, it was yeah. yeah. I mean that match. I mean that match also had an early goal. I mean this team when we got down last year, heck, even when we got down against St. Louis ten days ago, they had a fight in them. They still had something there, but. This honestly looked like Austin FC without Sebastian Drusi. And that is telling you that you don't really have depth on a team when one guy is so critical to making so much of the team work. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know. I'm with Brad on this. I think we had plenty of talent out there. If they went and actually went after the game and played hard, we would have at least not lost three nothing. Um, I don't think you can chalk this up to just not having Drusi. That seems way overly simplistic to me. No, I'm saying yeah. is that – no, but that was not my point there. My point was we have – and somebody could check me on this. We haven't had any of our signature comebacks as a club without dreams. That was my point I was trying to make there. Okay. No, I think that's fair. Um, but, I mean, do you chalk this up to, like – is it players not getting themselves up for a game? Is it up to Wolf to, like, motivate people more? And I never really buy into that as, like, your professional athletes. You shouldn't need a coach to – get you amped up to play like a CONCACAF Champions League game. It's a big game. That's that's where I am is you guys are getting paid. Some of you are getting paid very, very well to be there tonight. Do your damn job. And it's a tryout for some of you. It is. If you're complaining that you're not uh, – Maxi, I know he wants to start. Like I know he believes he should be a starter. Didn't show me why he should be a starter tonight. 
And for people yeah. who were clamoring after he scored the other night, he needs to start. He needs to start. What did he show you tonight against a club that, if they played a full season in MLS, might win two matches? What did he show you that he should start right now? He showed oh, he me nothing. A nice, yeah, hit a nice shot in, what was it, the 85th minute? Off that the was corner, it. But that was it, yeah. And he's supposed to be like a pressing, attacking forward. And everybody just looked lifeless. And I don't, I would have to go back and look at it again. I'm not going to because I'm not putting myself through that. Seth thought sickos if you want to, but. No, um, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. um, I, it looked like we were just gassed from the get-go. It wasn't the early goal or anything like that. We were just not into playing this game. And I mean, you can make some excuses like, hey, it was a lot of travel or. Uh, you know, the surface maybe isn't perfect, but like, that's not an excuse for no effort. Like, even if yeah. you want to say, okay, we'll take 10% off, fine. But this is people just jogging around and not even trying. And like, if, if I'm Wolf there at halftime, you reiterate the point, uh, the importance. You're down 2 0. You didn't even necessarily need to win that match, but getting one away goal there would have been absolutely huge in yep. setting that. I mean, like, I still think that this is, this tie is not over. The team could absolutely win five six nil at home, or even five one six one. Like that is not out of the realm of possibility. But they uh, Villa knew the result that they needed to get, and they got it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Next week, all the Concacaf dark arts are coming out from Villa. You've got to be prepared for that now. Um, the pressure's on. If you don't get two in the first half, I think it's panic time. Um, yeah, next and I mean week, we, during, during the match. we did this to ourselves. We put ourselves oh, behind the eight ball. Even if we and lose this game, like Seth said, one nothing, two nothing, two one, something like that, that's manageable. This is crisis time. As soon as yeah. the whistle blows, and and here's the other catch, and this is where I think people are really going to pile on, especially on the Wolf. And I still think this is more on the players than it is Wolf as an as a whole. But if we don't go and win Saturday, this was all for nothing. Oh, absolutely. Um, we're just going to on Saturday. I would say, I'd say, if you can get, it, I mean, that's a place where we've never gotten even a point. I mean, you had five of your starters that didn't make this flight, and they better all go ninety minutes on Saturday, unless well, one of them's probably going to get a red card because it's at RSL. But aside from <laughs> that's that, Danny. It's, it's, it's Danny. It's Danny. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll start doing yeah. the flop bets. <laughs> it is, yeah. It, it, it's just, it's a, it's a mess, and that. Whew, I don't know. Uh, it's this. Yeah, it's it's a mess. I mean, I, I counted when the schedule came out that that game at RSL. I was already marking that down as a loss. So anything besides a loss, there would be a pleasant surprise. Well, and I mean, does that game even matter that much? Shouldn't I'm not saying no. we should have like played Driusi ninety minutes, but there was a lot of talent we left home and leadership, especially too. And I mean. Well, Go ahead. You just you just hit the point with leadership, okay? You've had two captains in the history of this club. Neither one of them were on the plane. That is weird to me. And I know Ring played a full 90. I know Dreyusi played a full 90 of the night. Ring's got to start at center back now. I, he's getting some miles on his legs. You don't really want to risk Dreyusi in this spot. I understand that. But why does Hector Jimenez have the band on? A guy who's I mean, he's a, a very he's a veteran. Female. But how many minutes has he had on this and this first team in the last year? He's had 
I mean, I could pull up the numbers, but this is a guy who got downgraded from a senior spot to a supplemental spot for a reason. Yeah, Diego, in my mind, if you need some guy actually going to go out there and try to fire up the team or something, that's probably a Fagundes role to have the band tonight with the, with the lineup that we threw out there. Or maybe Nick Lima, something – or Stuver even, who's worn the band in the past. Someone. Um, someone of that nature needs to be the captain as opposed to a guy who, one – hasn't really been playing in the last year and two got absolutely worked twice down the left side in the first half. Yeah. Just twice. Well, yeah, fair, but both of them ended up in goals. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, where do we even start though? Like it's an effort thing. Sure. But like, is this even a game we can talk tactics on? I think the thing we most learned is that Amro Tarek is not a starting center back and, uh, Alex Ring is there to stay, I hope. Yeah, which is scary that you have. I mean, actually, Kip looked fine. Um, and I honestly thought it in a weird way it was good that he was getting heckled out there and was doing fine. And, like, Kip is a guy at this point who's going to be consistently making 20s and he'll be coming off the bench at a certain point. Um, I don't know. It, it bothers me at a competition like this when we could have dressed 23 guys that we only flew 19 guys down there. It's just it's a it is a sign of respect at a certain point for the competition, and I don't think like and also like I mean maybe because Micah Burton hasn't been signed to a first team contract yet, I would have loved to have seen someone like him on the field there. I don't know if he does anything there, but at least try to do something a little different there. Yeah, roll the dice, throw him out there. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, we almost like Ragoni chases down a guy who's wide open at ninetieth um, minute, and it's three nothing. Like we lose four nothing. I get that's worse, but. I mean, Micah Burton's going to go out there and show some effort. And I, there were few people, zero people. I don't know if you guys saw it differently than me, but like nobody looked like they wanted to be there, period. I, I thought Jafal was the only one. Yeah. I, I, I thought Jafal played a decent game. But um, actually, I think Stuver um, showed up. Stuver was fine. He had, he could, what's he going to do on any of those goals? I mean, one yeah, of them was out to try. Two of them got hung out to dry, and the other one, Tarek, literally kicked it back into the goal after Stuver made a save. Okay, like, let's see that do? one real quick. Is that worse than Tarbell <laughs> literally throwing the ball into our own net? Because I have to watch it back, but I think it's close. It's, it's close. Yeah, it's real close. <sighs> I, we, we've had some hilarious own goals or semi-own goals in a very short existence, if you really stop like, and think about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have some sympathy for the whole Kippy against City thing. Like, you know, Stroud kind of tricked him, whatever. Like, it's still a giant mental lapse. Fine. But, like, the Tarbell, throw the ball into your own net. Um, <laughs> you literally would have been better if you didn't have arms there. Okay, one thing. Um, and, I again, I'd have to go back and look at this one. Like, would we have been better if Tarek just wasn't there and somebody else came out to clear it out? Yes, I actually have gone okay. back and looked at it. And, and when he when he struck it, his body was not turned towards the sideline or anything. It was struck like he was aiming for the top 90. That's what I thought, and I was like, there's no way a professional athlete just did this. Yeah. It was... I have no words for that one. I, I other than if it was anybody else, I would probably watch it on repeat, laughing. Um, I mean, I still might do that. Though. I still laughed, honestly. I, just, I yeah. I, at that point, I was just cracking up. Um, you know, it's. I I don't think that, I'm with you guys. I don't think the tie is out of question as far as winning it. Um, 
it's just you hate to see that we have to put that much pressure on our A squad to pull something out next week at home when it really shouldn't be this hard. It just shouldn't. Well, Seth, let me ask you a question, too. Um, I know there are a bunch of issues with visas. Are these the same guys that are going to show up in Austin next week? Um, I don't know who has their visas approved or not. It's not like I, I don't have access to that information. I know that Saba, who's their captain, is also a U.S. citizen. So I'm sure that he's a player who will be here. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if the guy who scored the goal, uh, scored the two goals for them is going to be here next week. Yeah. I, I don't know who they're going to bring, but let's just assume that they're going to bring their best players for now. And we have to act like we're going to go play our guy. A bunch of our guys are going to have to go play 90 in Sandy, Utah on Saturday night, and then fly right back to Austin and be ready to go 90 or plus PK. You can't go 120. Even if we were to win three nil, it would go right to PKs then, but just be ready to do what we can to forget this match. And at least you get a chance at revenge. Like San Antonio last year, no no real chance at a return leg or anything like that. There is a return leg to this. And if we can't beat them on return leg, then we deserve to be out of this competition. It'll save me a bunch of money. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> and I mean, there's this idea floating around that we're just not good at knockout competitions. And to me, there's like not enough data at all. On that, I don't know, Brad, um, I mean, you're kind of the, uh, the expert here. We went two and one last year in a knockout competition. We, we, we went, we went, let's face it, we won, we played one good half of knockout football last year. Yeah, we Dallas. Won. Yeah, the first half against, yep. against FC Dallas. Sure. Yep. We got, we lost in San Antonio. We got a draw winning on PKs against RSL. Yeah. And we were fortunate yeah. to get the draw. We were very fortunate. And we got our ass handed to us in L.A. And we got our ass handed to us. So we've played five games of knockout football in this club's history. And we have a minus six goal differential. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it's hard for me to say we're just not good at it. Um, did I lose you guys? No, no you're sorry. good. Uh, sorry, my, my computer just uh, slapped on me. So I thought I had lost this feed. Um I'm not. I'm not here to say that I think that we're bad at knockouts just yet because I'm. I kind of don't think there's enough data. But you know, we did go two and one. The fact, the fact that we didn't play great in the playoffs last year, we we did win two of them. Played like crap in L.A., but that was what it was. I also think L.A. played a wildly different and much better lineup than we saw in August last year. Um, the San Antonio game, I'm somewhat willing to even overlook because. One, they were the USL champs. It's not like they were a bad team. Um, and two, that's a game that I think that franchise and that city had been waiting on since Austin FC was announced. Um, if that game's at Q2, it probably goes differently. It was what it was. So this to me, I, I just go back to it's on professionals not being professional tonight. And it's oh, yeah, no more 100%. than that. It's just no more than that for me. But I mean, that's what I was talking about in kind of the beginning too. Like, do we even look at tactics? Like we kind of had that like shifty back three, but like, does it matter if nobody's running or trying or no. passing or moving or like, do we even take the time to look at this or just kind of go, okay, we'll get them next week. Uh, I think you can't really look at tactics because tactics don't matter if you're not giving effort. Yep. Like so it's, it's that simple to me. So uh, it, you hate that it all has to fall on Zardis and Dryusi and Ring and Danny next week, but it does. It just flat does next week. You can't throw anywhere near this same lineup and expect a different result. 
No, I don't think so at all. Um, Seth, you're a Liverpool fan, and there was a hilarious capitulation on Sunday. Uh, Do you think we gave less effort than, like, 86th minute Bruno Fernandez the whole game because that's what it looked like to me. I don't know if you have a. I was about to say this is this is like I'm very much a believer in the cosmic theories of the universe balancing out highs and lows and this this three zero loss feels about as bad as the seven zero win felt good on Sunday so like we're back at even here. Okay. No, but it's um yeah no like Manchester United, I mean you know what? I will give us credit like that could have gotten way worse than three nil I mean at three nil in the forty seven forty eighth minute after the own goal there that could have easily been six or seven and the fact that we didn't completely collapse does give me a little bit of hope moving forward. Yeah, I will. I'm with you on this one point. If somehow we come back and win three three or four three next week and we get through. Put a star by the Rigoni hustle play at the end of the match. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That was the biggest bright spot for me was him just gunning it back. And I mean, at some level, you have to have some professional pride. I know this is sort of like something high school coaches tell their kids, but like it's a thing at this point. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, go ahead, Seth. No, like at a certain point here, like this is not just embarrassing for Austin FC. This is embarrassing for the league. This is embarrassing for some of these players' professional. I mean, professional future here. I mean, if you're a Rodney Red, I mean, Hector Jimenez is near the end of his career. I don't think he cares at this point. Uh, Amro Tarek is probably pretty close to the end of his career. I mean, suddenly your chance of continuing on in this club beyond a year got much smaller. Rodney Redis is going to go back into oblivion. At this point, like you had your opportunity and you missed it. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I hate to do it like this because he played a great game the other night as a sub, but Nick Lima didn't look good tonight either. y'all. And that's a guy I know he's getting a little older too, but there have to be during the transfer window. And at the end of next year, at the end of the season, there's going to have to be serious questions about what does this club look like moving forward? Because we've got some guys who, are getting long in the tooth uh, in soccer years. And we need to start replacing that. It just is what it is. And that may have shown up a little bit tonight too. And we've had some clear misses in our scouting department. Oh yeah. A lot of our most ineffective players are not necessarily our oldest players. Well, that's fair enough too. Yeah. So um, let's get to the kind of the more fun stuff. Um, I know it's just kind of weird to say after this game. Yeah. So this is the first ever uh, CONCACAF Champions League game I've ever seen. And (laughs) I thought it was goddamn hilarious and everything I wanted and more. If Uh, Austin FC wasn't involved, it would have been the funniest thing I've ever goddamn seen. Besides the scoreline, the most CONCACAF-y thing tonight was the early yellow card to Valencia. Oh, my God. Like, that was like, oh, yeah, we're playing CCL right now, the moment that happened. Uh, Followed by worse fouls going against Violet that were just regular common fouls or not called, period. So. Yeah, but I mean, there's already – I mean, in in this Alianza-Philly match that's going on as we're recording this, the Alianza goalie did a full-on leg swipe outside the box of a Philly player and didn't even get a card. I don't think – yeah, they didn't even call a foul, did they? No. no, they didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and then if, if you look like, at the, and the pitch is great. If you haven't seen it yet, the pitch is just amazing right now. 
It is world, I mean, this is world, world-class stuff here. I mean, yeah. it is, I mean, you can see more, I don't know if it's concrete or, dip, I, I don't know if playing on this pitch or turf is worse. I mean, the turf tonight was bad. Like, let, let's, like, we can't deny that that was bad. Like, you're in the Dominican Republic. It rains there, what, like, every third day. You should be able to have a decent grass field. But, whatever. But it was at least yeah. consistently slow. That's the thing. Yeah. The turf looked slow to me, but it was consistently slow. It reminded me of playing in Vancouver, honestly. Like, yeah. what I'm watching right now for this Alianza Philadelphia game is you know, like going to play pickup at Colony Park. You don't know what step you're going to take before you twist an ankle. Yeah. I, I would love to blame this game on like, oh, well, the turf was really slow and we were trying to move the ball and we just couldn't get our passing rhythm down right. No. Like, that would be oh, great, no. but that's absolutely fucking not what happened. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no. But if you, I didn't, for your I didn't think either you were saying CCL, that. Just... <laughs> no, but for your introduction in the CCL, yeah, it was a pretty good introduction. It wasn't I, – I was actually – the other thing I was most surprised about is they actually gave us six minutes of stoppage time in the second half because yeah. I was fully expecting three. Even and after to be nice blown dead at, like, two, two minutes and 15 seconds. Oh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Brad, don't get me wrong. I've been watching CONCACAF forever, just not CONCACAF Champions League. So I know yeah. what I'm in for, but it, it's a little different. No, um, it's it's fun. It's it's definitely a competition where you're going to see some crazy results and just decisions made by, especially by referees or players that are wild and that you wouldn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. So can we talk about the uh, star of this show? Haitian Murga? Hey, you know what? The Suffering from Joy podcast, we gave you a preview of Haitian Murga. For people who are not listening, they don't understand the full Austin FC culture here. We gave you a preview of it. They, um, I mean, honestly, I would give them only, if they had went for a full 90, they would have gotten an A-plus performance. But just for showing up, they at least get the A-minus performance today. But yeah, it's um, one of the more impressive Murgas that we face. Definitely better than the um, crap I hear here in Chicago. Yeah, I, uh, I whatever that jam was that they played a lot of was fantastic. Um, and then I actually found a video on Twitter of one of the guys in the stadium dancing and singing to the to the song. Amazing! Like I, I would I I was sitting there thinking if I was at the game, I would probably be on their side dancing halfway through just to try to make it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, part of the re- I mean. Part of the reason why Austin FC didn't want fans going to this match once they finally told us they were going to sell tickets, they're like, "Oh yeah, you'll be right next to their fans," which honestly sounds like it would have been a blast. But, Shit, I'd uh, had a great time. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I'm glad that uh, I am glad that people did not travel all of that way to see that result because that would have uh, been. I mean, oh. I was about to say. I mean, Vancouver's about the same amount of miles, and I did that trip in 2021, and that was depressing. That was a lot of tequila shots in the bar afterwards. But um, there was, yeah. I mean, I think this would have been way worse. Our fans might have drank the hotel dry tonight. Actually, after that match, might uh, might is an interesting word there. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad we didn't go for that reason. Um, but yeah, had we been there, I feel like our crew would have probably made great friends with Haitian Murga because um, well, they were just they were amazing. I mean, at that point, it's not like it's like a super nervy game and people are diving into tackles left and right. It's just like, yeah, you guys showed up and we didn't. Hey, want a drink? Yeah. Like, what else do you do at that point? No, I mean, and credit to the guy on their team who flat called a three nothing win yesterday. Yeah. 
as he was leaving the stadium, I, I think it was saying it to Jorge Iturralde and uh, call a three, nothing win. I was like, wow. Okay. Um, credit to them. Yeah. Credit to their team. They, they play, they played like they wanted to be there. Austin played like it didn't want to be there. Their fans were amazing for the ones that were able to get to the game. And I, you know what? If they beat us, I hope they beat everybody else too. Yeah. What I mean, let's go back to the motivation thing though. Like to me, it's always like a double-edged sword. Um, you're professional athletes. You should be able to get up for a game, but like the coach has to do something too. like, you're both to blame, but like who's more to blame? Cause this is a podcast and we have to point fingers at someone. <laughs> this is becoming a little bit of a pattern with Josh Wolf though. Mm-hmm. This, this team, you can go back to last year plays down or up to competition a lot, a lot. A lot of those comeback wins we had last year were because we played down to competition for 45 minutes and had to, or 30 minutes, whatever it was. And then kind of had to claw our way back into a game and, and, get our backs up against the wall. Josh Wolf has got to figure that part of managing out. Totally agree. Seth. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, this team hasn't won a game on the road since at Kansas city in July of last year. Ooh. So what you're saying is we need to play all of our games in front of a Nebraska furniture Bart. Uh, we've only won there once, um, but Sure, or just have a team that we were on a real roll last summer, and this team, I mean, I made the point in an earlier podcast here, like this team hit a high and has not, as outside of a rare occasional moment, hasn't looked that great in, mo- like, in most of its history. It had a great run in, for much of last summer, and then once that is worn off, it's like, okay, teams have figured us out. And Josh Wolf was trying to do something different. Yeah, we won on Saturday, and that was a better performance, but – it still wasn't as good as we need to be. Yeah, Saturday to me was the finishing, right? I, I thought we just – if we finish a few chances, that game probably looks better than, you know, what it was, but we got the victory at least. But, you know, you're you're not you're not wrong, Seth, about how we're playing over the last, I don't know, what, 10, 15 games, however many that's been since that yeah. Nebraska Furniture Mart game, which, by the way, they're building an NFM in Cedar Park. So if we play better in front of Nebraska Furniture Mart, we just move the stadium. And you know we'll be okay. No, um, the stadium's a perfect straight shot down Kramer back to my house up Lamar. It's exactly where I want it to be. Um, I, I'm trying to give myself a shorter drive here. Um, I know <laughs> you have the rail line. I don't have that. I do have that. Um, I, something's got to get figured out as far as this team playing more consistently because it has not been great. We we had the great game against LAFC in August, and since then, I feel like this team has just plateaued, if not gone back, taken steps backwards. Well, we plateau, yeah, playing... plateau's way too kind. They've fallen off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. we weren't even playing great going into that game. Um, that was uh, the exception, not the rule. You yeah, were but playing how much terrible that... for like a month up at, up until then. It, but again, I, I think it goes to unfortunately with Josh and his motivation, how much of that goes back to, we kind of had the two seats. We weren't really being pressured for that two spot for the, from about August on, we, we never really got worse than I think four points of separation for the number two spot. So it's just, 
there wasn't the pressure on. And I feel like unless this team has its back against the wall, it doesn't come out playing like it needs to all the time. Bodes well for Tuesday, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we would hope. So I guess that's kind of my big question here is um, how much does this result affect us going into RSL going into, obviously it affects next week because um, the three nil affects how we have to play. But I mean, is this going to be like a giant setback in the rest of the season? No, I don't think so. I mean, at a certain point you, um, I mean, we clearly have five starters who did not, who did not make this trip. They're going to go play. It's RSL. We might have a slightly rotated squad, but like, I don't really see too much of it. I mean, if I'm, I still can't believe that Josh Wolf had Nick Lima make that flight. The dude became a father six days ago and you're making him go away for a match that we probably could have. Yeah. It might not have been great to have Leo or ring out there for exhaustion purposes. And I don't know how Leo would have held up in the Dominican humidity to be frankly honest, but like I would have much rather had them in that situation. Also really disappointed in Lundquist tonight. Like he paid a fair bit of money for that guy. And I mean, he had an awful pass in the second half, but he just looked lifeless. Like why did we spend any money acquiring him? So tactically that's the one difference I would have made is actually put Lundquist at center and ring out on the wide wide spot because Lundqvist has more experience playing center back over his career than ring or than uh Lima does it just I, I didn't understand that move by Josh Wolf tonight yeah I don't either I um, I have a hard time kind of judging some of these guys who we're seeing for the for the first time this season just because of how bad everyone was so like no. this is the first time we've really seen Lundqvist like Okay, Tarek, I'll go ahead and say, like, you got to track a runner. It's not that hard. Um, at least do something there. But I think some of these guys like Lundquist, uh, who I think he's been hurt and he's getting back up to fitness, right? Sure. But even if that's the case, play center back, right? Ostensibly, you, you're not going to have to make as many lung-busting runs as you would from the left side uh, as a wing back. Um, plus... As, as mentioned, he just has more experience playing center back than Lima does. Plus, he's a little bigger. Use the size in there, a um, little taller. Um, I just sure, but I is that a? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Say you're good. No, no. Is this like a tactics thing or just an everybody was terrible thing? A little bit of both. That's the one okay. tactic that confused me. That that was the one. Everything else, I was actually the lineup formation and the setup. I was fine with. Everything else was effort. Um, but as far as going back to your original question of how does this affect Saturday? When I saw the lineup today, my mind immediately went to Josh Wolf is trying to get a 0 0 one result on Saturday. Mm-hmm. By holding out our ring, by holding out Leo and Danny, he's trying to lock down the back line and see if we can't have Sebastian and Zardes produce a moment of magic and get out of there with a draw, a one nothing win or a 0 0 draw. That's what we're looking for Saturday. I'll take no red cards. <laughs> That's a bold statement, man. I said yeah. I'll take it, not I'm predicting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so do you guys want to do format real quick? Like headlines, stock rising, stock falling? Sure. All right, um, I'll go first on headlines. This was exactly what I expected out of CONCACAF Champions League, but sadder... Um, Brad, 
Uh, headline, Austin FC plays worst match in team history. Agreed, Seth. Um, did Austin FC make the flight to the Dominican Republic? Yeah. Okay. We're all in the same vein there. Uh, stock rising. I'll let Seth uh, go first. Um, I'm gonna, you know, we, we gave him a shout already. Um, Rigoni's run back might have well been the moment that started to turn the tide in this this tie, and um, at least he showed some effort out there in a sub, which we it's not the same that we could say for a lot of other people. At least he was trying out there. Uh, Brad, uh, Sophie and Jafal. Uh, I thought yep. he was the only consistently gr- good player out there in the attacking formation tonight or even defensively Stuber, I think he's kind of a wash because he didn't really have a chance to make too many saves that were savable. Um, you can't, he did all you could really ask of him tonight, but Sophie and Jafal, I thought stepped up and played a, a nice match and was probably the best player on the pitch for Austin. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Kippy. Um, I don't think he did anything spectacularly wrong, but he looked like he was trying out there and that was something that, um, I think we needed had a couple of good um, passes and plays, and uh, I think he needs the support. And you know, everybody was jeering him, and he was still giving it his all out there. Also, um, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Shout out Haitian Murga, but um, trying to keep this to uh, Austin FC. Um, so stock falling. Um, Brad, you want to go first? I mean, is there anyone else but Amro Tarek for this one? I, I don't know that there's a clearer answer than that. When you're involved in all three goals against the team, uh, including one of them that you scored, <laughs> I don't think and that scored in any, like any... not like a normal own goal thing. No, it's just like what the fuck are you doing? It, it wasn't a bounce <laughs> off of you or something like that. Some kind of something weird, a deflection, anything of that nature. It was just I'm going to kick it into my own into my own net here, um, Tariq. Tarek, I know we just said that the team had its worst game as a team. Tarek might have just played the worst match any Austin FC players ever played. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I don't think that's unfair. Uh Seth, you want to go next? I mean, Hector Jimenez was a captain tonight, and I don't think he should see another minute on the pitch for Austin FC in his career. Yeah. Um I, I kind of yeah. said that last year when he got hurt and then when we brought him back and I guess he played a was the last regular season game of last year he had like a little cameo but um he was getting slow and then he had like a serious movement level injury and I got worried that was his career and um it's not looking great so um yeah I mean maybe he can hang out with the FC toe guys and and coach him up a little bit yeah. Um, for me, I don't. It's got to be Josh Wolf, right? I don't know if it's tactics or whatever, but something was very, very wrong. And if it's the entire team, it's you know the buck stops at the coach, right? Um, at some level, yeah. Like I, we talked about it a million times, but players need to get themselves up for the game. But like, if every player is off, there's something wrong with the coaching or the prep or something and he's in charge of that and you know i'm not like screaming wolf out from the rooftops or anything but um it's something that needs to be looked at that this is the first ccl game in club history and yeah fine like we didn't take our best players but like get them ready to play 
Yeah, I, I that's the thing I would like to understand is what was the preparation. I know there was yeah. very little, if any, film on Violet to work with. Um, but surely the guys who traveled and started tonight had to have known they were going to travel and start by late last week. And if we didn't have them prepping for that, that's a problem. Because only giving them really 36 hours to get ready mentally is probably not good enough. No, and I mean, like, fine, you know, it's tough to scout the pitch or scout the team, but, like, you guys can move, you can uh, make runs, you can play, you can pass. Like, yeah, you can do all of those things without any sort of scouting whatsoever. Like, I could airdrop you guys onto a pitch in the middle of nowhere, and you should be able to do those things. Yeah, last I checked, you can still move your legs forward and yep. yeah, yeah, and show effort. That's uh, again, that's the thing that just bothers me more than anything tonight is the low effort and low energy of the entire team. Whole team of jibs. <laughs> <laughs> just need some exclamation points. Yeah, just hand them out. Nobody gets any numbers anymore. You're just uh, exclamation <laughs> points. <laughs> hey, be- be- better th- better than uh, football sticker helmets. Oh, oh my or, god! Or, or apparently patches that fall off of kits these days. Oh, cool! They're oh, showing yeah. the ha- they're showing the halftime highlights right now. That's, yeah, that's I was just <laughs> about to say that. I'm wa- I'm watching it on two on mute, but on two day and where they are showing a commercial for nail drops right now, which it sounds way better that you can call them and they'll give you a special after five minutes for free, which sounds way better than whatever the heck we just watched. It does, Brad. I'm on FS1 too. Those are those first two goals are the exact same goddamn goal. All right, so here you go. You get to see the uh, own goal now. It's a great save by Stuber, and like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he literally just kicks it into his net. It's it's like he intentionally did this. As far as Tark, Tark, he looked like he intentionally just kicks it into the net. <laughs> if he keeps his feet, turns his body, he has plenty of time to kick it out of there. Plenty of time. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm sure there'll be some fun post game stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually Wolf has taken responsibility for the crap that happened um, in this during the post-game press conference. I haven't had a chance to watch it because we've been recording this podcast, but I'm glad that he's at least taking some responsibility. And I hope we see a better performance on Saturday and a much, 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 much better performance next Tuesday. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> All right. Well, this is going to be um, a wide variety of things. But uh, Seth, you want to lead us off with your biggest moment of suffering? The biggest moment of suffering. I'm going to let one of you guys choose the own goal. I'm just going to say that even the first five, ten, the first goal that we gave up, because by the time we gave up the first goal, I got that, oh, shit, we're in CONCACAF sinking feeling. And there is nearly no feeling in the world worse than that of like, (laughs) oh, we're not getting out of this match in any decent shape. And the fact that it came that early in the way it did, I thought was the biggest moment of suffering. Uh, Brad, up to you. There's a, I, I'm not lot. taking the, the, I'm not taking the free space on goal. I, I think, no, I'm not going easy. to, I'm not going to do that either. Yeah. I think it's too easy. Um, it's, I made it, I alluded to it earlier. It was on the second goal. I think where Hector Jimenez just got bullied and pushed it was it was a free run on the it was a run down the left side he contested at the beginning got bullied off the ball and allowed them to penetrate and ultimately score 
right then I was just going, are you, are you, I kind of started laughing out of beyond in a delirious way, but with the realization that, Oh crap, we're not only not giving effort. We're just physically getting manhandled right now. And that was frightening. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, we just kind of watched it on the replay that brief, brief moment at the beginning of the second half where Stuber makes this great save. And I go, okay, that's a great save. Maybe we'll like get back into the game. And like, I'm mad at myself for <laughs> letting me believe that like this was going to get better. And then just Tarek just boots it directly to our own net. <laughs> I mean, I, I can, that's something I guess. So I kept having the same kind of hope where I'm like, if we just get one, if we just get one, this is fine. Yeah, like we need like, like one, it's cockacap. One dumb thing goes our way and this is totally turned around. One away goal is huge here. I just kept all match thinking that's all we need. All we need. Rudy got close. Wolf got a decent shot off, but oh, yeah. I'm going to go suffer to the bottom of a tequila bottle tonight. All right. Have fun. Um, <laughs> anything else you guys want to cover? Nope, I think we are good. There's there's nothing more that needs to be said about this besides let's go get some revenge next Tuesday. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, as always, uh, thanks for joining me, Seth, who knows everything, and Brad Tillery, uh, who you can follow on Twitter at AU underscore Trout. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, at SufferingPod. Um, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Um, follow us on socials, do all that good stuff. Um, hopefully just do anything better than Austin FC did tonight and we'll be in a great spot. And uh, as always, thanks for suffering with us. Bye. here for Austin Jarrett Stroud. It's Diego for goodness. He has written his name into Austin folklore. They just won't go away. Oh, he hits the upright again. It's impossible. The Bears' season's going to end on a double point. Altidore squares it. Dempsey's missed it. Donovan has it. From hope, there is glory.